There's something different about this election cycle that we didn't see in 2016. In 2016, Trump voters wanted to give that big F you to the system, the way Michael Moore described it, the biggest F you in history. And they did. So no matter how much the press said Trump would lose, no matter how much they were demoralized, the Trump voters went out and they said Donald J. Trump. This time around, however, you have the anti-Trump, Trump derangement syndrome rage. We all know how insane people get when they think about Trump. Right now, there's a viral video of a woman screaming at the top of her lungs, wake up, we're losing our democracy. It's pretty nuts. That woman's definitely going to go out and vote. And I don't know how many people on the left feel that way or feel strongly, but I think it's fair to say a lot of them do. Trump derangement syndrome runs wild. That means this time around, you have the Trump voters who will crawl over broken glass to vote for him. You have moderate individuals who didn't vote for Trump in 2016 now saying they will, people like me. And you have people like Johnny Rotten, famous punk rock legend who said in 2016 he voted for Hillary. Now he's voting for Trump. But you also have the anti-Trump rage vote. So it's really difficult to predict who's got the edge. But I can tell you one thing. Right now, it is very easy for Donald Trump to have good news. You may notice I make videos and I'm like, man, good news for Trump. Great news for Trump. Trump's winning here. Trump's winning there. It's all about framing. And it's all about my bias as well. I see this stuff and I'm like, man, that's good news. But I see this because of the mainstream media narrative. Joe Biden's winning, they say. Double digit lead. Biden's up front. Biden taking the battleground states. Trump is down. Trump is losing. And they don't give you the full context. And so it's really easy to be like, wow, Trump's up. So it's good news for Trump. In reality, I think we do have really good news for Trump. Biden may be may still be winning if you believe the polls, but there's a lot of reasons why we shouldn't believe the polls. We just don't know. But I can tell you one thing. With the Trump rage vote, it's uh, the reason I bring that up is the Democrats really need this because the media has been saying over and over that Joe is winning. And now the Biden camp has issued a memo. It's not true. The other day we heard Joe Biden's campaign saying we're not winning. We're not winning by these huge numbers. The polls are inflated. You need to go out and vote. That's why the anti-Trump rage vote is so important. You see, in 2016, people were like, who cares? We're going to win. Hillary's going to win. Now, nobody believes it. So when the Biden campaign issues a memo warning that Trump is neck and neck in several key states, it's the anti-Trump rage that is going to make sure the Democrats go out and vote. And that is a big risk to Donald Trump. But Trump has some really good news. Notably this, the Biden campaign straight up admitting the polls are not correct. And now you have Trump voters seeing, or I should say the Trump campaign, seeing ridiculously good numbers in many uh, states with early voting. Texas, for instance, doesn't seem to be in play. The polls for Texas right now are really good for Donald Trump and the Republican. I'm, I'm sorry, not the polls. The, the early voting results and mail-in voting favor Republicans. It's supposed to favor Democrats early on. We saw the same thing with Michigan yesterday, though today the numbers have swung in favor of Democrats over in Michigan. Suffice it to say, however, from Target Early, Target Smarts uh, data, it looks like Donald Trump and the Republicans, they're actually doing pretty well. Democrats are underperforming in many key areas, and that's why the Biden camp is issuing this warning. The media comes out and won't shut up about how Joe Biden is winning. Perhaps it's the truth. Perhaps he is. 
Perhaps there's a grand conspiracy. The media is all fake and they're just trying to make Trump look like a loser to demoralize his base. Now, I don't believe that. That wouldn't work anyway. Trump voters are going to crawl over broken glass. It could just be that whatever happened in 2016 is happening again and it's happening on a grander scale. Could it be that this election is really about where people get their information and where they source it from? Mainstream media, top-down broadcast versus decentralized internet. And Trump voters are the internet voters, and Joe Biden's voters are the TV viewers, which would explain why in the town halls, Joe Biden got more television viewers and Trump got more online viewers. To me, that makes the most sense. But let's, 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 let's stop ranting here. And let me show you the good news for Donald Trump. Like I said, it's easy for Trump to have good news. But here it is. The Biden campaign is warning the polls are not accurate. They're not. So with all of us saying the polls were wrong, guess what? You were right. They were wrong. Let's read the story and I'll show you some data. It's all good news for Trump. I'm sorry, I got to say it. And I'm going to show you a a thread from Nate Silver breaking down how people try to make these claims because I want to be reasonable and rational. But I think I think Trump is is going to enjoy this one. Tell you what, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. I got a P.O. box if you want to send me stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video. And I'll tell you why. We are in the era of extreme censorship. The New York Post was recently censored because they had damning information about the Bidens. You cannot find this channel on Google. You cannot find my second channel, Timcast News, on Google. They have blacklisted this content. If you think this, this is information people need to hear and you think I do a good job, please consider sharing this video, subscribing, letting people know, because YouTube has blacklisted my channel. Not kidding. You go to Google, not there. I'm not there. Timcast IRL, my, my podcast guest show is. I don't know why they, they, they've done this to my channels, but it's been this way for quite some time. That's why I rely on you to get the word out if you think I do a good job. If every single person who watched shared this video, I'd beat CNN in the ratings. Think about that. Don't forget to like, subscribe to the notification bell. Let's read this story from the New York Post. Biden campaign memo warns Trump neck and neck in key states. The Biden campaign, I got to stop right there and just listen. I put out a video yesterday saying Trump is winning in key states. Okay. In key early voting, Michigan notably, and, and, and Democrats were underperforming. The Biden campaign is coming out and saying yes, okay? It doesn't necessarily mean that Trump is in the lead. It means that he's winning, he's like he's gaining in the race. So I should I should clarify. The Biden campaign released a memo warning that President Trump can still win the race and is neck and neck in several battlegrounds. Even the best polling can be wrong. And that variables like turnout mean that in a number of critical swing states, we are fundamentally tied. Jen O'Malley Dillon wrote in a three-page message release on Saturday. Dylan raised Trump's surprising win over Hillary Clinton in 2016, even as polls showed the former first lady leading in the polls in the run up to the election. If we learned anything from 2016, it's that we cannot underestimate Donald Trump or his ability to claw his way back into contention in the final days of a campaign through whatever smears or underhanded tactics he has at his disposal. Oh, yeah. Talking about the emails, I imagine. Dylan urged Biden supporters not to become complacent because Trump can still win. And every indication we have shows that this thing is going going to come down to the wire. Get out and vote. Bring your mom, bring your friends, bring anybody, you know, give vote. you go vote. <laughs> you better do it. I don't care what you're voting for. I don't. OK, because I believe in the I believe in this country and I believe in people. I believe in people voting 
even if I don't like who you're voting for. You're going to vote for Biden. Go ahead. Do it. Just please go vote. You want to vote for Trump. You want Trump to win. You better go vote. Joe Jorgensen, 100 percent. Go vote. Green Party, do your thing. Vote. Dylan urged Biden supporters not to become complacent. That's the important takeaway. The race is closer than polls indicate, she said. The dire memo comes as Biden's lead in the polls appears to be ebbing following the Post's report from last Wednesday about the Democratic presidential candidate's son Hunter Hunter's business dealings in Ukraine. They go on to mention that the survey notes shy Trump voters could swing the election. I got another article for you, but the first thing I want to show you is this. I did a, I did a whole thing on this, but check it out just to just to give you the context. Are election 2020 poll respondents honest about their vote? You got a bunch of PhDs coming out and straight up saying 10.1% of Trump supporters said they were likely to be untruthful on phone surveys, double the number of Biden supporters. 10% of Trump supporters, unlikely. That means Democrats, that means moderates, and that means Republicans. That means in each of these categories, it's it's hard to calculate how that will benefit Trump, but I think a 10% swing across the board. So when they tell us that Joe Biden is up 10 points, could actually be the other way around. Now, just because they're lying doesn't mean they're saying they're going to vote for Joe Biden. Some of them could be saying they're going to vote for Joe Jorgensen or just not respond at all. But this research tried to figure out where people, like, are people really lying? And it's not the first survey to find these results. So the polls are wrong. Joe Biden says they're wrong. It's a neck and neck race. You better get out and vote. Well, check this out. Joe Biden's polling lead slips in wake of post report on Hunter. I'm not entirely convinced that anything that happens now is going to change anyone's minds. But I'll tell you what, the Hunter Biden revelations, the email leaks, it's going to play some kind of role. Listen, Donald Trump won some states by slim margins, slim, like a few thousand votes. So these revelations about Joe Biden being crooked might not convince anybody with Trump anxiety disorder. They might not convince any staunch liberals, but there may be a decent amount of people who just shrug and say, I don't know about Trump or whatever, but this Biden thing's way I'm gonna vote for Trump. Even if it's only a few votes, it's good for Donald Trump. Well, the Post believes that their reporting may have played a role. Check this out. They say the IBD TIPP national tracking poll released Saturday puts Biden at 50 percent in the head-to-head matchup with Trump at 43. The seven-point advantage is well outside the survey's 3% margin of error. But the poll of 1,009 likely voters saw Biden's support slip by just over 2% since Monday and found an increase of just under 1% for the incumbent. That actually says to me, the laptop story played a role. You know why? Trump's not making any gains. So it's not a, it's not a swing for Trump. It's a move away from Biden. Meaning, People may have seen negative press about Joe Biden and said, I'm not going to vote for him. I'm not going to vote for Trump either. They say the IBD, IBD tip survey found strength for Biden among independent voters who split their support between Trump and Hillary Clinton in 2016, but now back the challenger by a 9% margin. The results are also hinted at the possibility uh, of a substantial number of shy Trump voters of the electorate, while 47% of respondents said they believe that their neighbors are Trump voters, only 36% say they are surrounded by Biden backers. 10% swing, huh? Now imagine that. Trump down by seven, margin of error three, and a shy vote of Trump for Trump of 10 points, according to cloud research. Trump could be winning. But let me t- let me say something to these Trump supporters. You Trump supporter, you Trump voter. Okay, listen, 
I'm going to vote for Trump for a variety of reasons. I'm not going to pretend to be ecstatic about it. I'm not going to put on a MAGA or wave a flag. I'm going to roll my eyes and say, okay, yeah, okay, Trump, I'm going to vote for Trump, right? But let me ask you a question. Trump lost the popular vote in 2016 when everybody knew Clinton was going to win and everybody got complacent. Trump lost the popular vote. Now, the popular vote doesn't matter. You know, the Electoral College is where it's at. Trump won some states by only a few thousand votes. Do you believe that many people stayed home because they thought Hillary Clinton was going to win? I do. I think a lot of people are like, eh, Hillary's going to win. Why bother voting? But those people may have been Trump and Hillary voters. You see, that's why I think it's going to be neck and neck. Trump voters probably thought Trump couldn't win, so didn't bother voting. But here's, here's my question. As close as the race was, a lot of people are saying Trump's got it in the bag. Trump didn't really have it in the bag in 2016 in terms like he didn't landslide. It was an electoral landslide because he won battleground states, but he won some of these battlegrounds by slim margins. So I'm asking you now, do you think that these these lefties, these Trump derangement syndrome people are are, are not going to come out in force? I think they are. I hear from too many people. Too many people say that, oh, Trump's going to win. It's no Trump's going to. You can't have that attitude, man. I'm not so I'm not so sure. I'm not entirely convinced there. There there are polls across the board. The polls are wrong. We know there's a shy Trump voter. Everything is confusing. We don't know what's going to happen. Now, I'll say the early early uh, uh, voter data and absentee right now. Texas is going red. It's not in play. Michigan is is Democrats are underperforming in Michigan. They're underperforming in North Carolina and several other states compared to where they should be. They're still doing well. So Democrats are doing better than Republicans in early voting, but everyone expected that. The issue is that they're not doing as well as they should. And there's a bunch of other data we should look at. But I got to be fair. I got to be reasonable and I got to be rational. Check this out. Nate Silver says the other thing that happens at about this time is that the side that's significantly trailing in polls will have to construct increasingly elaborate narratives about why they're actually winning or will come from behind, despite the seeming evidence to the contrary. And those narratives tend to be stated with a high degree of confidence, because the weaker the argument on the evidence, the more people tend to bolster it with tone, effect, emotional appeals, etc. I think Nate Silver brings up a good point. I think you're going to see a lot of people saying Trump's winning, actually. No, I think there's good reason to suggest Joe Biden is winning, because he's got the polling advantage. We know the polls are wrong. I mean, Joe Biden's camp is saying that. Still, the way I see it is you've got a lot of people on the left who have Trump derangement syndrome and they are going to vote. They are fervent. Now, to be fair, let, 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 me, let me calm down a little bit. Let me walk that back a little bit. Honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. I think there's really good arguments on both sides. The Trump vote wants to get that FU. More people are voting for Trump now than they did it, than they did in 16 for a variety of reasons. People like me, people like Johnny Rotten. But a lot of people who have who have become Trump deranged are going to vote as well. We really don't know. This is neck and neck. It's going to get intense. But I've got good news. I've got really good news for Donald Trump. I'm not going to play games. Okay, I'm not going to pretend that Joe Biden is winning just for the sake of trying to be like, I don't want to listen. Nate Silver says people are going to try and justify why their guy is winning. Well, you know, I've got my biases. I'm going to be voting for Trump for a variety of reasons. And I do think he's got some he's got some advantages. I don't know what's going to happen, though. Voter registration pattern gives Trump an edge invisible to polls in Florida. 
Republican voter registration reaches like historic levels. Like it's narrowed the gap between Republicans and Democrats to historic uh, areas. The Latino vote in Florida is like overwhelmingly Trump. This voter registration pattern suggests in key battlegrounds, Trump is on track to win. What a lot of people don't realize is that the Republican Party is actually a lot smaller than the Democratic Party. And the Republicans win because of independent voters. Let's take a look at Trump's job approval rating. Right now, 44.8% approve of Trump. But take a look at Trump very early on. We don't have data from before Trump was inaugurated. For the, I mean, we have a couple of days. It's not really anything there. But almost immediately, he was down. In his first year, Trump was averaging like high 30s. As of today, the aggregate polling for Trump is 44.8. That's higher than average for his entire first term. I don't know what that means, but I can tell you what, what, what we can look at. Favorability. Trump's favorability right now is higher than when he was elected. His favorability was at the high 30s and today, 43.2. Trump's favorability is higher now. His unfavorability when he got elected was so high. It's ridiculously high. What was it like 50 or 60 percent? Trump's unfavorability is down I think this points to a really good reason why we should say Trump is going to win, especially when you see Biden getting worried and his campaign putting out a memo saying it's neck and neck. I'll tell you this. I wonder with Biden's memo, is it really that it's neck and neck and they're putting this out or there's some other scenarios? It could be that Biden's actually winning, but they've started to lose a little bit. So they want to light a fire under people by saying it's a little worse than it really is. Or it could be substantially worse than it really is. But like Nate Silver said, they need to justify why they're actually winning. It's neck and neck. We're winning. We just need you to come out and vote. If they were doing really, really well, they wouldn't need to do that. Trump's favorability is up. His unfavorability is down compared to where he was when he got elected last time. I think people like the job he's doing. They find him unfavorable, but they like dead money. There's a lot of things going to change in the game that we can't really predict, notably mail-in voting. Check this out. Pennsylvania rejects 372,000 mail-in ballot applications following primary confusion. Report. Those are Democrats. Mail votes are going to overwhelmingly be Democrat. That's really good news for Trump. So let me tell you, if it's really neck and neck between Trump and Biden, What disadvantages does Trump have? None. The disadvantage is solely on the Democrats. They're the ones who are voting by mail and mass. And there is a higher rate of failure for mail-in votings. If you have the the Democrats and the Republicans both equally fired up, you've got the right. uh, Republicans have gained individuals like me and Johnny Rotten, for example. A lot of other people, too, I can't talk about, but I know some celebrities who have flipped for Trump. And you've also got people on the left who have developed Trump derangement syndrome going to go out and vote. There's good reason to suggest neck and neck in that regard. Then the vote happens. The Trump supporters go out in person. Their vote counts. And the Democrats vote by mail. And their votes are rejected. That's a Trump advantage. Nate Silver says, okay, people want to make excuses for why their candidate's really winning. Maybe. But what am I supposed to do when it's Joe Biden himself saying Trump's actually competitive? Right. If if I just came out and said the polls are wrong, Trump's winning, uh, then I, I would agree with Nate Silver. And maybe we're just trying to make it seem like Trump is winning. But Joe Biden himself comes out and says this. And then I got to be like, mm, maybe, <laughs> maybe Trump's actually winning this one. There's a lot to go through. I mean, you know, Joe Biden lied 
about union endorsement. Why would unions and PA endorse Joe Biden when he's going to ban fracking? He, I'm not going to ban fracking. Dude, there's like 800 videos of you saying you're going to ban fracking. Obviously not 800. I'm exaggerating. But there's, there's, there's a lot. And Trump is doing really well in battleground states. Uh, from just the news, Trump maintains large lead in small donor fundraising. Biden leads among big donors. Although Trump raised less money than Joe Biden, Joe Biden's money is coming from Wall Street. Let me tell you why that's significant. It may help Joe Biden. It might not. Trump uh, notoriously underspent in 2016 as well. The media coverage has been overwhelmingly about Trump, just like in 2016. You get 100 billionaires to dump tons of money into Biden packs so the commercials can run promoting Biden. Okay, what's that going to generate? How many votes? You get Donald Trump and he makes his money from 100,000 people. Well, Joe Biden's got 100 rich people votes. Trump's got 100,000 regular people votes. And although Trump can't reach as many people, Joe Biden might close that gap because of the big money. But will it reach the amount of people who are donating to Donald Trump? I don't think so. I think there's one thing more powerful than a dollar, and it's a human vote. So if Joe Biden is given a couple, you know, 100 or 200 million more than than Donald Trump, is that really going to translate into votes? Yeah. But it's going to translate into the thousands of votes that Trump already has. No. And there it is. I think it's good news for Trump across the board. I know we all we all want to make predictions. We all want to desperately know what's going to happen, but we don't. And I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook that are real scary. I'll tell you one thing. The leftists that follow me from Occupy Wall Street don't care about the election at all. They don't like Joe Biden. They don't like Donald Trump. Many of them really hate Trump and they will and they will defend Biden. But the only thing I see from them is how much they hate both of them. And a lot of them are talking about conflict coming. That to me is, is very, very worrying. In terms of the Trump supporters, there's ridiculous levels of enthusiasm. People are going to go out and vote and they're going to make a holiday of it. Right now, in early voting and absentee, they are that Democrats are crushing Republicans. Now, the question is, based on that, why aren't Republicans voting in person early? This is the really bad news for Donald Trump. Think about it. You might not want to mail uh, mail your vote, but you can show up to vote. You see, the numbers we're seeing are really good for Republicans. But why aren't Republicans showing up in early voting? Joe Biden went and voted in person early. You can go and vote now in many places. You know, you have to look it up. I don't know what state you're in. But why aren't the Republicans coming out? Why aren't the Republicans voting in person right now? It's an important question. So like I said, there's a lot of things that suggest Trump is doing well. I don't know. But I want to show you something else. I want to show you a couple more things. This is a tweet from Ice Cube. D.L. Hewley tweeted the inside story of how Ice Cube joined forces with Donald Trump. He says, joined forces? Stop pushing these BS headlines. I wonder how much the fake news really has manipulated our, 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 our worldview and tricked us and how much everything I said may just be bunk. Let me explain. Ice Cube didn't join forces with anybody. Ice Cube has a plan for black America. And apparently Joe Biden's campaign said, we'll talk about it later. And Trump's campaign said, let me hear what you got to say. The media ran wild claiming that Ice Cube was teaming up with Trump for some plan. And Ice Cube's like, what are you talking about? He just asked me what I was doing. And the media is saying they've joined forces. Think about that. This creates a perception that Ice Cube, who is not a fan of Trump, 
has changed his tune. He didn't. He's just trying to figure out how to improve the lives of black Americans. So the media does this. Why? I don't know. But it creates a perception that Trump is doing better than he really is. This says to me, with the Biden headlines, with the Ice Cube headlines, whatever, I don't, Ice Cube or otherwise, we really, really have no idea. None whatsoever. So did I just waste uh, uh, 25 minutes of your time? Perhaps. Maybe not. I don't know. So, so I'll, I'll tell you what my opinion is right now. My opinion changes from time to time. I'm leaning towards a Donald Trump victory. I'm leaning towards Republicans winning. But I really think there's a good, strong possibility. Democrats sweep everything. Joe Biden's campaign memo says to me, they're worried. They told us the polls were wrong. And that's good news for Trump. But how many people have become too uh, confident? I've made I've made segments where I'm like, I'm not I'm not entirely sure Trump's going to win. And I have people saying like, no, you're wrong. Trump's going to win landslide. Why would you why would you say that? You don't know. And you better you better fight tooth and nail. You better fight like you're like, listen, you want to talk about an uphill battle for Trump this is a sheer cliff. You are you are scaling an inverted wall to try and get this victory. You better do everything in your power. So let me let me iterate this point. The point earlier, uh, the point I was making earlier about 2016, Trump narrowly won key battleground states, giving him an, an, an elect, a huge electoral college victory. Take in all those people who voted for Trump and throw in all that Trump derangement syndrome, and he's going to lose. Now, of course, some people didn't think Trump was going to win, so they didn't bother voting. They'll probably vote now. And Trump has earned new voters, people like me. But I'm telling you, man, we just don't know. And it's a strong possibility that mobs and mobs of far leftists come out and vote. And right now, Nate Silver was saying that Republicans should be worried because Republicans aren't turning out to vote early. They better hope that there is going to be a massive wave of Republicans voting in person. I'm sorry, though. That's still really bad news for Republicans because it means really long wait times. And it means that Republicans are less likely to have their vote counted in person if they're there all day and then the votes, the, the polling stations close and they can't get in. You better go out and vote and vote early. But that's a good reason to suggest it's actually worse for Trump than we realize. Election night is going to be a hoot. I'm going to have a whole bunch of snacks and drinks and pizza and we're going to have a ton of people and we're going to be live streaming. So as I often say, I hope you're ready. The roller coaster is about to start and we'll find out. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Many people like to say that Antifa, short for anti-fascist, are the real fascists. And I usually say that's not true, because fascism has a nationalistic component, that fascists are authoritarian nationalists. And now there are some arguments that some fascists wanted to seize territory and, be, and take over the world and stuff like that. And yeah, they kind of did. But it's really based on, you know, fascism. It's, it's hard to define because there's a bunch of different academic de definitions, but I don't think Antifa fits the bill. But I can say this. They're as close as we can get to active fascists. They want some kind of authoritarian system. They get violent in defense of massive multinational billion dollar corporations and the government and the federal, uh, the FBI and the CIA and the NSA. So what am I supposed to say? You know, these individuals might not hold the ideology of fascism within them, but they certainly act in defense of authoritarian, 
globalism, I guess, is a probably better way to put it. I don't think they care about the United States. And I don't think what they're doing is going to benefit the U.S. nationally. And in fact, I think it'll hurt the U.S. nationally. But what they're doing is supporting these uh, oligarchy, the the oligarchy, these these massive uh, multinational billion dollar corporations. So the other day in San Francisco, a free speech rally was being put on. Protesters were, my understanding is was permitted, were upset about censorship on social media. There's no denying it at this point. Okay, the New York Post and House.gov were suppressed by Twitter and Facebook, and they are only ramping up their censorship of information. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but you know that Facebook and Twitter censor information in private messages, too. I'm not kidding. There was when the when the whole New York Post fiasco happened, you couldn't DM someone the story. So why is it then that Antifa shows up and physically beats people saying we shouldn't allow these corporations to control everything. Why? Well, it's because Antifa actually, whether they believe it or not, support fascistic uh, organizations and actions. Some people have argued that fascism is the lucrative merger of corporation and state for the benefit of the nation. And so I guess because nation is really a component of, of, of fascism. Maybe because they're thinking of a one world government or a one world system, whatever you want to call it. You can't really call it fascism, but it is fascistic. It is authoritarian. And I want you to really think about this. Look at the story. Trump supporters protesting Twitter censorship clash with Antifa and BLM activists in violent scenes in San Francisco. Now, I got a better one for you. One of the organizers, one of the speakers had his teeth knocked out. He's a black man. He was punched and attacked by white Antifa. So they're certainly not anti-racist and they're certainly not for free speech or freedom of the individual. They certainly don't oppose fascism. Actually, that's the best way to put it. You know, it's really funny about anti-racism when they say, they say that thing that it is not enough to not be racist. We must be actively anti-racist. Anti-racism wants the exact same thing as racism. It's the same thing. From from any colloquial understanding of what racism is, you talk to a regular person, they're going to say they're the same thing. Now, to these individuals, here's what happened. They started saying racism is prejudice plus power. And now that the definition changed, they needed a word for racism because they want racism. This is why they changed the definition of racism. Now they're saying anti-racism to mean quite literally racism, discrimination against people based on race. At first, that was our understanding of racism, and it was bad. Then they said, no, 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 racism is prejudice plus power. Therefore, only white people can be racist. And then a bunch of lefties went, oh, then they said, now let's be anti-racist and enact all of the exact same policies, repeal civil rights law like they're doing in California and call it anti-racist. Congratulations. You've brought back racism by manipulating the left. And they felt right. They walked right into it. These people don't. It's 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 quite sickening to me. Now take a look at fascism. I don't think it's fair to call Antifa fascist because, you know, again, they're, they're not all about, about the nation state or anything like that, but they certainly aren't anti-fascist. They're actually pro-fascist. And I literally mean this. They themselves are not, but they actively support fascism. You have these companies like Twitter and Facebook, right? Clearly, these companies want Joe Biden to win or they live in a world where their worldview is based upon 
Joe Biden being right and Trump being evil. They are biased. This is about the country, not the world. Twitter and Facebook are acting at the, in, 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 in concert, not maybe not deliberately, but it's like a standalone complex. They do these things that benefit Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for the nation, for the United States. Antifa comes out and is the militant arm that protects them. There you go. The, the, they, they use semantics. We're, we're clearly not fascists. We're anti-fascists. Well, look, they're clearly not fascists. They don't care for the United States, but they're certainly going out and beating those who oppose fascism. And that's the funny thing. They take these words on purpose because who wouldn't want to be anti-fascist? Yeah, funny. Let's read a little bit about this. And then I want to talk to you about something really interesting. Bill Maher actually did a segment where he started calling this out. But what I find really, really annoying about Bill Maher is how much of like Bill Maher is one of the lowest information personalities I've ever seen. Seriously, Bill, you do not know anything about modern politics. What is this? You like you Google search a story three weeks later and you're like, wow, I didn't realize that was happening. Dude, it's been going on for 140 some odd days. And you're just now like, whoa, Antifa. Incredible. I love when uh, Bill Maher, a week after Covington, okay? So it's like the Covington kids thing happened to the Lincoln, uh, on the stairs of the Lincoln Memorial. And it was like two days later, everyone kind of was like, whoa, we got that one wrong. And then next week, Bill Maher's like, hey, did you see these Covington kids? It's like, uh, Bill, <laughs> isn't your show live? Don't you have Google? Okay, but I'm mean. I'm being mean. Bill did call them out saying that Antifa is about to elect or might actually elect a, a woman who's full on Antifa. And he's, he's calling it out. So I can respect that. But I want to show you a little bit about what happened in uh, in San Francisco. They say the free speech rally was organized by right wing group Team Save America after Twitter blocked circulation of a New York Post story about Hunter Biden's emails and locked the Trump campaign account this week. Hundreds of counter protesters turned up holding Black Lives Matter signs while others were dressed in black clothing with their faces covered and waving flags for violent left-wing group Antifa. Others wore t-shirts claiming membership of the anti-fascist action group 161 crew. The Team Save America event ended up being being called off before it even started as violent clashes broke out between the two sides within minutes of people arriving, leaving several in need of medical assistance. Let me, let me, let me ask you, just please share this so people can understand what's happening. We are very, very close to an election. I normally don't do the whole share this video except on my main segments, but this is important. Share this video. Tell people to look at this. It's very, very simple. One group of people says a small handful of oligarchic companies and tech moguls should not control our electoral system. They should not silence the American people. If they're left, right, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't like censorship at all. A group comes out and says it is wrong that Twitter is censoring the New York Post and these various news outlets. But I'll tell you what, many of the people on the left, the tribalist left, want Joe Biden to win and hate Trump. They will absolutely support and defend authoritarianism and massive billionaire wealth. Let me tell you something. You want to know who the real resistance is? It's people like you and me. You want to know why? Bernie Sanders. Is he the resistance? No. He, he stopped saying millionaires as soon as he became a millionaire. Now he says billionaires. Now he says the billionaire class in this country, of which is a few hundred, for sure. It's a problem. 
I believe there's a few hundred, maybe not. No, I think I think there is. Yeah, I think Forbes had a list. Do you know uh, uh, that Joe Biden is receiving more donations from Wall Street and the billionaires than Donald Trump is? Not interesting. What's the what's what's the resistance going to say about that? You're on the side of the massive multinational corporations. You're on the side of Nike and Coke and Pepsi. You're on the side of Wall Street. You ever stop and think about that? You ever stop and say, hey, wait a minute. You're standing next to Wall Street. Remember Occupy Wall Street? That was funny, wasn't it? Trump's got a lot of problems. Definitely does. And I'm not even I'm not even here to to talk about that. I'm here to talk about one thing. The right to communicate with 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 each other. Do you think there ever could have been an Occupy Wall Street if what's what what we're seeing now with Twitter was happening back then? It couldn't have. Occupy would never have happened. The mainstream media was ignoring Occupy. The mainstream media was downplaying it, smearing the activists. And so the activists started using Twitter accounts and YouTube accounts and Facebook accounts, making their own newspaper called the Occupied Wall Street Journal. That's left wing activism that was only possible because free speech existed on these platforms. So here's what they do right now. They say, oh, but this story is bad for Trump. Or I'm, I'm sorry. It's good for Trump. And it's fake. And Giuliani, I was I mixed it up. It's bad for Biden. And all of a sudden, these people are like, oh, no, we have to help Biden because Trump's a fascist. Are you kidding? You would stand side by side with Wall Street banksters. You would stand side by side with oil companies, with Nike, with the billionaires that Bernie Sanders is calling out. I love it so much. It's my favorite thing. I want to stress this point. Bernie Sanders comes out. And he yells to all the people, the billionaires in this country. And then he turns around and goes, yo, Joe, the billionaires funding your campaign. I love it. That's what's happening. Literally, that's what's happening. And so when these, when they, when these people come out, you say, they say it's a right wing group. Isn't that funny that it's right wing to say, hey, we should have a right to, right to speak to each other. They get violent. So I've had to take out the more violent photos because YouTube doesn't allow it, unfortunately. But the, one of the organizers, teeth knocked out. And so he put up a video saying, Joe Biden, this is what your idea just did to me. And now he tweeted, Antifa attacked me for no reason. And facetiously, I said, this is false. They had a reason to terrorize. They want everyone to know if you speak up against the oligopoly, the billionaires, the corporations, Wall Street and their cronies in the establishment, they will knock your teeth out. These people weren't having a rally waving little American flags screaming Trump and 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 build camps or anything like that. They were saying Twitter should not be censoring information. Antifa said we will knock your teeth out because you dared to oppose the billionaires. You dared to oppose Wall Street, the the, the crony corporate politicians who have been in for 47 years. You oppose them. We take your teeth. That's what they said. That was their reason. That's what's happening right now. You want to know who the resistance is? It's you and me. Now, Bill Maher, I guess, finally started to realize maybe he should use Google a little bit. I don't know who he employs, but I am really, really disappointed in the guy. I shouldn't be so mean because Bill's actually doing a pretty good job right now talking about it. And he's got a big audience of many people who are, you know, independent, left leaning and, and, and moderate left. And you can see many of these people do not like what's going on. But Bill, Please just read a newspaper. 
You know, what's, what's that famous quote from Thomas Jefferson? A man who reads nothing is better informed than a man who reads the newspaper. I, I, I get the point of the statement. But seriously, you can read a little bit, just a little bit, right? You could go on Google and be like Antifa. That's you, 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 come on, man. So Bill says Portlandia got it right because people in Portland tore down Abraham Lincoln. TDS is a terminal illness, or I should say Trump anxiety disorder, as they actually call it, apparently. But let me let me let me let me let me uh, explain. You have right now Donald Trump or I'm, I'm not right now, but you had Donald Trump saying they're tearing down the Confederate statues. What's next? Jefferson, Washington. Yep. Jefferson and Washington torn down. And then just the other day at a rally in, in uh, Muskegon, Trump, Trump was saying, you know, they come to me and they say, Trump, you were right. And I say, I was right about what? And they said they started tearing down Washington Jefferson. Now they're coming for Grant. Now they tore down Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. And Bill Maher's like, I don't understand. <laughs> Why would they tear this down? And his guest is like, if you can't tell the difference between Abraham Lincoln and a Confederate soldier, oh, man, if only these people actually did a Google search. Actually, I'll tell you what, follow James Lindsay on Twitter, because he'll tell you all about why they do these things. They, do, they never cared about Confederate soldiers. They want to destroy American history and culture. Abraham Lincoln was an expansionist colonizer. Washington was, Jefferson was, the Confederates were, they all were. But they know they're not going to recruit anybody by saying, hey, you want to tear down statues of colonizers? They're going to be like, what? I don't know what that means. They say the Confederates were racist and regular liberals, people like Bill Maher, who don't do any research, go, well, I agree with that. That makes sense. And then once they tear that down, they say, yeah, but this guy, he was a slave owner, too. Oh, OK, that I get. They tear him down. But this guy, he was expanding the country that allowed for the oppression of indigenous peoples. Yeah, he ended slavery. Yeah, but I mean, come on, wasn't what wasn't stealing the land worse, they say? Oh, OK, then they tear down Abraham Lincoln. Then they tear down Ulysses S. Grant and Hans Christian Hag and more and more. They just keep doing it. And Bill Maher's late to the party. But I, look, I'm glad Bill Maher's at the party. But Bill, seriously, it's almost like he does no research at all. And I tell you what, I will I will I will absolutely bet a large sum of money that Bill doesn't read the news. I mean it. I really do. I think Bill probably gets a tweet here and there. And, you know, someone sends him a story and I'll go, whoa, and he reads it. But here's what I what, what, I, what I mean. I'm willing to bet that he shows up. He phones it in. He shows up in the morning and he's, you know, kind of hungover. He takes his glass off. His eyes are all red. And he's like, oh, man. Well, actually, I don't think he drinks. I think he smokes a lot of weed. So he's probably, you know, like has a wake and bake and he's all blazed out. And he's like, oh, what, what, what's happening today? And they're like, here you go, Bill. We pulled up these stories. And he reads them and he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I could write a joke about that. Write me some jokes about that. And then he goes and he sits in a room and he phones it in. I think Bill does this. I think a bunch of other left-wing pundits do this. And I think a bunch of right-wing pundits do it too. But it's, mo it's the TV people, I mean. The people on TV phone it in. They're not paying attention. Bill Maher. Let me, let me, let me read this, actually. It's, 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 it's interesting. They say, Maher took aim at recent protest activity in Portland on the Friday, October 16th episode of Real Time. During a socially distant discussion, CNN senior political analyst John Avlon and associate editor of commentary magazine Noah Rothman. Maher brought up the October 11th event in Portland during which a group of demonstrators tore down a statue of Abraham Lincoln. In addition to engaging in other acts of destruction, 
The protest was promoted on social media as Indigenous People's Day of Rage. Seemingly baffled by the toppling of Lincoln's statue, Marr said, I've got to give a shout out to Fred Armisen. When he did Portlandia, he got it right. But I guess I'm, but I guess I missed a lot of what's going on in Portland. The mayor there, Ted Wheeler, is about to lose to someone who's proudly Antifa. Bill, we've all been talking about this online for months. How, how, how interesting is it that he's so far behind everyone else? You know, I think about this too. I don't really, I don't watch real time anymore. I used to, but he's so late to the party. Like, why am I going to go turn on Bill Maher and hear him talk about last week's news with no in with no, with such a low like Bill is one of the lowest information pundits we have right now. I don't mean that to be mean. I'm saying that it's important to be up to date on everything. You know what I do? I wake up in the morning and I read a bunch of news and I see this literally just happened. The story about the violence and, and that was just the other day. I'm like, hey, this happened yesterday. Sometimes I'll do stories from a couple days ago because I think it's relevant or it was it was glossed over. But Bill Maher, he's like, what's going on in Portland? <laughs> well, the rest of us have been watching riots for several months. Bill was seemingly sitting on a toilet playing, I don't know, Tetris or something on his phone or Candy Crush, seemingly baffled. Maher was referring to the race between Ted Wheeler and Sarah Ayanaron, who, according to one poll, showed her uh, winning by 11 points. Mar called Lincoln pretty woke for his day. Avalon added, if you can't figure out the difference between tearing down a statue of a Confederate general and Lincoln, you should probably sit that one out. There it is. I'll tell you what. This election cycle is not authoritarian versus libertarian. It is not left versus right. It is not communist versus free market capitalist. It is not freedom uh, versus tyranny. It is low information versus the informed. That's it. Because when you talk to the left, they say, we're for freedom. Trump is a fascist. And you're like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. It's the craziest thing to me when like Joe Biden is crooked for 47 years and they're like, we need Joe Biden to help us stop Trump's fascism. Do you read the news at all? Now, here's what happens. A lot of these people on the left only watch mainstream media. They only watch TV. If you get your news through Reddit and if you get your news through, like, you know, it's very popular app, and you get your news from the mainstream media, you don't know anything about Hunter Biden. You don't any, know, know anything about Joe Biden and the Chinese firms, the equity being held for him in his son's name. That's how you circumvent the legality of it, using your son as an intermediary. Keep it in the family. You wouldn't hear any of that because Twitter and Facebook have censored the information. So when people come out saying, stop the censorship, and then leftists show up and say, you dare cross the billionaires? You dare cross Jack Dorsey? We will take your teeth. That's what it's all about. How dare you defy Mark Zuckerberg? You better lick his feet. That's what Antifa was saying. So Antifa might not be fascists themselves, but they certainly fight in favor of the billionaires. Certainly not something Bernie Sanders claims to support. But Bernie Sanders also is in support of the billionaires. And maybe the problem with people like Bill Maher and these other leftists is that they're struggling to get information because the billionaires are restricting it and they're too stupid to do a Google search. Google restricts information. You can't Google my channel. This channel won't come up on Google. Timcast IRL will. I made a new channel. They put this channel. A lot of people are like, Tim, why does YouTube allow you to do, you know, without, you're, not, you're not being censored. Well, first of all, I, I play by all the rules so I can make sure I can get the information out. I don't show the photos or the videos of the violence and the injury or anything like that. Don't show it. And that's okay. They're like, fine. 
But they already removed this channel and my main channel, youtube.com slash Timcast from Google. You cannot see them on Google. I wonder why. And I've asked them about it because I know people at Google and they don't respond. They, they have put me on a blacklist. So I tell you what's happening. You and me, you watching this, you listening to this, maybe you're listening to this on, uh, on, on iTunes or Spotify. Admittedly, much, much, much smaller uh, uh, audience on the podcast platform than on YouTube. But what YouTube is doing, in my opinion, is creating an echo chamber. If you can't search for my content, they only recommend it to people who already are in this circle. That way, the information doesn't get out to the likes of Bill Maher. He'll never see this. Default YouTube users are going to get Jimmy Kimmel. And the New York Post story is going to be censored. And there's still, to this day, a name I can't say on YouTube because that crossed the line, apparently. But there are ways to get the information out. Sharing. That's why I've been saying all the time, you got to share this video. And maybe I should stress that that point more importantly on my main channel. They have blacklisted this channel from Google. So people will not find the information if they search for it. I always say, just Google search it. You can't. And who is standing guard for the likes of Google and Facebook and Twitter? Antifa. And they will knock out your teeth if you dare oppose the billionaires. So, Bill, maybe you just don't know because Google's restricted access to the information. Maybe you need to actually go out and ask people. Maybe you should take some time out of your day to do your job and inform yourself. As it becomes harder and harder to do, I would say it becomes more and more of an, uh, uh, you, you, there is no excuse for being lazy. But I can respect that he's talking about it. I can. Anyway, welcome to our brave new world. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then, hopefully. The image I am displaying on the screen right now, for those that are just listening, is a bunch of men on a stage in giant plastic bubbles. In the audience, as they're performing music, are a bunch of people in the crowd, also inside plastic bubbles. And I tweeted, it kind of feels like we're in an, we're, we are in an insane experiment to see how much they can get away with before people say, wait, what the? What is going on? Do people really buy this stuff? Okay, listen, I got no problem wearing a mask, but putting people in giant plastic bubbles, now y'all are crossing a line. Now, look, this segment isn't about COVID or anything. I just had to show this to kind of get to the absurdity of everything else. Because think about what you're seeing with this bubble. We know when we see people in bubbles, that is insane. But when it comes to politics, if you just trust the media, then you're going to go ahead and assume it must be normal, but it is also absolutely insane. Now, this segment is about the debate moderator being biased and Trump not getting a fair debate. They won't ask Joe Biden tough questions, and I'm willing to bet they won't bring up Joe Biden, the, the, the Joe Biden email scandal in the next debate. But hey, we've come to expect this kind of behavior. Before I get into Trump's complaints, we have, and we have a breaking story from the New York Post about deep Democratic ties with this new moderator. Check this out. From The Recount, Jake Tapper calls out Laura Trump for openly mocking Joe Biden's stutter. Laura says, first and foremost, I had no idea that Joe Biden ever suffered from a stutter. 
I think what we see on T, uh, uh, what we see on Joe Biden on stage is very clearly a cognitive decline. Tapper isn't having it. Jake Tapper is like, he's got a stutter. Joe Biden's stuttering. My response. Do regular people really buy this? Give, give me a break, Tapper. Joe said 200 million people were going to die recently. He didn't stutter. His brain is just about broken. In fact, it's uh, right above, right there. I'm pointing it out on the screen. I have artwork from uh, GPrime85 on Twitter and Instagram. Of Joe. Actually, no, I just posted. Here you go. Here's the image. It is estimated that 200 million people will die by the time I finish this talk. And that time is now. And then Joe Biden fires lightning blasts that vaporizes the audience. And it is hilarious. Joe Biden actually said this. Are people still believing what they're seeing in the media? Joe Biden's not stuttering. He's saying the wrong words. <laughs> he's not he's not he's not doing a stutter where uh, sometimes I stutter. He's not doing a stutter where he'll be like, it's 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 it's, it's that's a stutter. OK, what Joe Biden is doing is going, you know, two, 240, uh, 17, uh, 3000. Those are different words. He doesn't know the words. And more importantly, coming out and saying it, it is estimated that 200 million people will die by the time I finish this talk. <laughs> estimated by who? And for what? Why? Why? Are, that, that's just wrong. Joe Biden just ain't all there. The reason I highlight this before we get into the deep democratic ties of the debate moderator, I'm just trying to highlight the absurdity of what is being put in front of us. And I ask you all, comment, let me know, at what point do you say this is insane? I don't believe you anymore. The clown show is over. The curtain has fallen. We're leaving the theater and you're still dancing around honking your clown nose. We know. It's just, it's uh, how many people buy this stuff? Check it out. Kristen Welker, upcoming presidential debate moderator, has deep Democrat ties. You know, uh, Steve Scully, a journalist. I'll do air quotes for journalist. He was supposed to be a moderator for the second debate. But he tweeted to Anthony Scaramucci asking for advice. Began this big fiasco where he goes, I was, I was hacked. Oh, no, I was hacked. And he wasn't hacked. He lied. And then he admitted it. Because the feds were getting involved, I guess. And he got caught. Now, we ain't playing those games with you. So he's been suspended indefinitely. He apologized. We'll see how that plays out. That's the first guy. As soon as that happens, Kristen Welker deactivated her Twitter account. You couldn't see anything she had tweeted. There were only limited archives to look through. She then reactivated her account shortly thereafter. And do you know why that is damning? And I, I am calling right now for her disqualification as a moderator. What did she remove? Yes, you see, she deactivates the account. Nobody can find it. Nobody can see what's in it. You can't see any of her tweets. You can't see any of her photos. And then she comes in. She reactivates it when no one notices and then quickly deletes everything. That's the point of deactivating. We don't know what she got rid of. Well, here's the story from John Levine at the New York Post. All eyes are turning to NBC News White House correspondent Kristen Welker as she prepares to host the third and final presidential debate Thursday. President Trump and Joe Biden will square off at Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, in a 90 minute debate starting at 9 p.m. Welker, 44, has been the White House correspondent at NBC News since 2011 after working as a news reporter in Rhode Island. But Trump supporters 
who took issue with hard questioning by previous moderators like Chris Wallace and Savannah Guthrie may find themselves pining for those combative hosts after Welker is done with the president. Welker comes from an established Democratic family who have poured cash into party coffers and to Trump opponents for years. Tell me, is there anybody who still believes we have a functioning press in this country? Or are they just establishment cronies propagandizing for their political overlords? Her mother, Julie Welker, a prominent real estate broker in Philadelphia, and father, Harvey Welker, a consulting engineer, have donated tens of thousands of dollars to Democratic candidates and close to $20,000 to Barack Obama alone. There was also 3300 for Joe Biden's 2020 campaign, 2100 for Hillary Clinton's doomed uh, 2016 effort against Trump. Another 7300 was contributed to the Democratic National Committee between 04 and 2020. In 2012, Welker and her family celebrated Christmas at the White House with the Obamas. I'm going to stop right there. It's Trump's fault. Trump, this is your fault because the buck stops with you. It's your campaign. Who approved this? We w- here's, here's the journalist proposing for the third debate. Seems good to me. Here's a picture of her with Barack and Michelle Obama. I see nothing wrong with that. I do. I mean, come on, they're spending Christmas together. Look, the bias is obvious. And I'll tell you this. A lot of people were like, you know, oh, Chris Wallace was bad for these and this reason. Chris Wallace was awful because I'll tell you what bias really is. Bias is when you don't ask Joe Biden to condemn Antifa. Donald Trump, will you condemn white supremacy for the 70th time? Well, we want you to do it. And then Trump says, what about Antifa? And we're not talking about Antifa. And then Antifa in the audience gives a thumbs up to Chris Wallace. Then, you know, shows him a photo of like, his, you know, his house and they're walking away and putting the Molotov cocktail fire out. The New York Post says, though Kristen Welker's party registration is not listed, she was a registered Democrat in D.C. in 2012 and Rhode Island in 2004. Throughout Welker's tenure as a White House correspondent, she has earned a reputation for a scathing style of questioning. Mr. President, yes or no? Have you ever worked for Russia? Yes or no? She demanded during a confrontation in January 2019. The treatment stands in stark contrast to her handling of Democrat politicos. In March 2016, Welker was busted on live television, tipping off Hillary Clinton's communication director, Jennifer Palmieri, about at least one question she planned to ask her during a post-debate interview in Michigan. At the time, Clinton was locked in a fierce fight for the Democratic nomination against Bernie Sanders. I'm going to ask you about Flint, Welker said of the Michigan City's infamous water crisis. Welker deleted her Twitter account last week, heading off a more complete look at her past, uh, heading off a more complete look at her past statements and views. It was later restored. Anyone who's ever dealt with Welker knows she's an activist, not a reporter. The White House press, press team views her the same way they would AOC or Pelosi. If they walked in the office, a senior White House official told the Post, you know what? I don't I don't care to hear it. I really don't. Listen, I got my issue with fake news. I got my issue with the media lying to everybody. But that's on you, Trump campaign. You negotiate the terms of these debates and you don't have to do it. But I guess you know what you know what I think? Two things. One, Trump needs the debate. He does. There's some really good news coming out in the past couple of days. Really good news. Just the other day on my main channel over at youtube.com slash Timcast, I covered how in Michigan, early and absentee voting show Republicans beating Democrats, which should shock and terrify Democrats. 
because early voting and mail-in voting favor Democrats, but Republicans are winning. That means at a massive D D D plus 17 disadvantage for absentee ballots, the Republicans are still winning. Says to me that uh, Democrats are going to end up well below that threshold in the final results. So there's good things for Donald Trump. I wonder if Trump is banking on people being annoyed by this, I want to I want to take you back in time. Come with me to my time machine. And you remember you may remember this moment when Jordan Peterson was doing an interview on I think it was Channel four in the, in the UK. And there was a woman who, uh, you know, honestly, I can't remember her name. But every single you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Every single time Jordan Peterson would say something like, you know, I believe in, in freedom of speech. She'd be like, so what you're saying is people should be allowed to assault and attack people and call for violence. And he'd be like, what? I didn't say that. And no matter what he said, she kept saying, so what you're saying is, and then she would just say something crazy. That worked really, really well for Jordan Peterson because regular people saw the absurdity of the press and it discredited the rest of the media. Democrats don't seem to understand the damage they do when they play stupid games, assuming the American people are stupid. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, right? We've all seen Men in Black. That's the quote from uh, from Agent K. What that means is if you get a bunch of random people in an area and say something, yeah, they're dumb and they're panicky and, you know, people won't think clearly. But if you take each and every one of these individuals and you say stupid things to them, eventually they say, I, I'm not sure I, be- I believe this anymore because what y'all are saying is is kind of nuts. And so let me go back to that first tweet. As, and, and, and show you this is exactly why I brought this up. Look at this photo. Again, for those that are listening, it is a bunch of people in giant inflatable plastic bubbles. And they're playing music. And it is the stupidest, weirdest, and creepiest thing I have ever seen. And it aired on CBS. Now, I tell you this. I do believe that there are a lot of dumb people in this country. But I also believe there are a lot of regular people who are not stupid, just maybe ill-informed, maybe ignorant. If you go to a regular person, a regular old person, not super political, and say, what if I told you Joe Biden was selling out the American people for Chinese cash using his son as an intermediary? A regular person might be like, what? That sounds crazy, man. You better show me hard proof that Joe Biden did that. Well, you're in luck because those stories are coming out. But this segment's not about that. Okay, here's my point. You tell somebody that and they're going to they're gonna say, show me proof. What if I were to tell you that the media is driving people insane and making them do ridiculously dumb things like, I don't know, stepping inside giant inflatable plastic bubbles because they're scared of catching a virus with a relatively low mortality mortality rate? I do think it's a serious issue, but come on. They, 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 they'd probably say like, well, I don't know about that. Show me some proof. Here's a photo. Look at the photo. Now tell me you ca- like you're OK with the way things are going. I think I think any sane person is going to look at this and be like, something doesn't make sense. You're right. Something doesn't make sense. Look at this. Tell me you think that's normal. You don't. I know you don't. I know no one does. There may be people scared to speak up because they'll get canceled, but no one thinks this is normal. Not one person. And anybody pretending is just saying that because they're scared of getting canceled. This is the image that I think slaps people in the face and they start questioning their reality. 
Now, about that Joe Biden thing I was telling you about, now people are going to be like, I mean, if you see, after I seeing, after seeing this, I'll believe anything, almost anything. But could you imagine going back in time one year and tell them this? Emails would drop that show that Joe Biden was using his son as an intermediary so that he could take equity in a Chinese private equity firm. Oh, maybe two years ago or even a few years ago. At the same time, people were standing in giant plastic bubbles playing music while others were buying weird plastic face shields that can be lowered and raised because they're worried about breathing on you. Look at this. This is called the Z shield. And I'm showing you the absurdity of where we are currently at in our culture. And I'm telling you, there's got to be a certain book of the cop walks up and he like folds the shield up. I got to say two things about this. At a certain point, you have to question what the ever living is going on. This can't be real life. Okay. These plastic shields don't work. They are advised against. These ridiculous plastic bubbles also probably don't work. And I have to wonder if people can breathe in these things. I guess they can. This segment is about the media and it's about the manipulation of media. And it's about us seeing insane, broken reality right before our eyes. And so I tell you this, if I tell you that NBC News journalist is a Democrat who is going to stack the game against Donald Trump, all of a sudden, I imagine an average person is saying, well, actually, that sounds reasonable because I just saw a bunch of people in giant plastic bubbles bouncing around. That was not reasonable. You see, you can tell people there's bias in the press and they'll say, well, maybe, I don't know, show me proof. Now it's just like, well, that's, listen, crazy conspiracy guy comes to me and says, they're all in bubbles. They're all in plastic bubbles. All the people on stage, they're in giant plastic bubbles. The plastic bubbles are coming. And you're going to be like, that's crazy. That's just insane. That's where we are. If someone came up to you ranting and frantic about the plastic bubbles, you know, they're going to they're gonna put us in plastic bubbles. You'd be like, dude, calm down. That's nuts. After seeing that photo, you're going to be like, I know I saw the plastic bubbles too. This is crazy. These people have lost their minds. The point is that sounds nuts, right? Well, you got Trump calling out Kristen Welker. Here's what I think. The Trump campaign, they negotiate these things. So I want to go back to, I was going to say there's two points. One, maybe they had no choice. Trump needs a debate. There's good news coming out for Trump, but Trump's, Trump needs the debate. He needs to get up there. First of all, he needs to let Joe Biden just say stuff. Let him speak because Joe's nuts. But he needs to be able to get his message out, here, out there. Second, I think Trump wants to use the opportunity to pull off, like I was saying with Jordan Peterson. Imagine that moment where Trump's going to be like, we did a lot of great things for this country. Unemployment, all time, you know, record low best numbers of our lives in the accordion thing. You know, Trump does that with his hands. And then the, the moderator is going to be like, but but actually, Trump, you're really bad. So what you're saying is that you hate people and want them to die. And then Trump's going to be like, what? Obviously, she's not really going to say that. I think what Trump may be hoping for with these adversarial moderators is to prove his point about the media being broken, which is exactly why I show you the bubbles. Also, I think the bubble thing is really, really funny, and I wanted to incorporate it somehow into this segment. I think people need to see the bubble thing. I think Donald Trump's town hall with Savannah Guthrie was Trump willfully stepping into that ring to prove to Americans this is how they lie. This is how they cheat. Now, of course, you got the TDS people, the Trump anxiety disorder people saying, like, that's how you do it. Vox.com was like, now that's how you interrogate Trump. Yes, I don't want to see an interrogation of the president. I want to better understand his policies. I want to I want to know who to vote for. 
There's a lot of reasons I don't want to vote for Biden. And I'll, I'll just lay it out really simply. Joe Biden is the establishment. That's that's about it. I mean, there you go. I'm, I'm we're, we're good, right? No, uh, I, I whenever I bring up Biden and, and the corruption and the establishment, people say, well, Trump's corrupt, too. And I'm like, sure. OK, you know what? I'm not even going to bother arguing this. Trump's not perfect. He's done a lot of dumb things. There's a lot of really bad stories about Trump and his business and how he ran his business. I think Trump is a funny guy. I think he does want to help this country. And I think Trump does a lot of bad things because it's what I don't know. He's a billionaire and, and he's probably doing bad things. Whatever. I'll tell you this. I don't care. Trump is an outsider. We got these peace agreements. We got this withdrawal from the Middle East. We got a record economy. I'll take what I can get. He's banned critical race theory. That's very, very important. And he's very clearly not one of the establishment cronies. And they are freaking out over it. So whenever people say, yeah, well, Trump is corrupt. Look what his kids are doing. I just say, you know what? I'm not going to argue with you. I give you that one 100%. Joe Biden's been doing it for 47 years. Don't let them back in. I tell you what, Trump's in for the next few years and vote for somebody else. I want you to think about something. If the FBI really had this, this email, this, this, uh, uh, hard drive, the laptop or information with Hunter Biden's emails, and they actually launched this investigation as they probably should have into Joe Biden, Joe Biden probably would have lost. And do you know who would have won? Bernie Sanders. But the progressive left is too busy marching behind the Pied Piper tunes of these fake progressives who then come out for Joe Biden. Now, to be honest, Bernie Sanders is one of them. Come on. Bernie Sanders goes, the millionaires and the billionaires, they're a problem. They shouldn't. Then Bernie Sanders makes a million dollars. Well, just the billionaires, you know, the billionaires in this country. Then Wall Street starts dumping cash into Joe Biden's campaign. And Bernie Sanders is like, uh, about that. Uh, vote for Biden. Sorry. I'm not playing that game. You want to you want to prop up the crony establishment enriching themselves off of your back? And by all means, go do it with my blessing and you'll get the country you deserve. All right. But if you want to if you want to if you want to challenge that system right now, I really do feel the best opportunity we have to to fight back against the establishment is Donald Trump. And I have never been a big fan of the guy. I'm currently not a big fan of the guy. I tell you this. There's a lot of things I think Trump does bad. I think Trump is okay for the most part, and I think he's done good on foreign policy somewhat. He's not, uh, uh, he's, he's far from perfect. He's not the perfect candidate, but compared to Joe Biden, man, dude's almost a saint. I say almost, and I'm, I'm exaggerating very obviously. Anyway, I don't want to get too much into the pol political stuff because I got a segment coming up at 4 p.m. for that, but here's the point I'm trying to make. The establishment machine includes these, these, these Democrat moderators who are clearly biased, who lie to you. Think about this. Steve Scully lied to all of us. I was hacked, he said, and he was forced to admit the lie. How many how many more of them are lying in much the same way? This woman, that this this new moderator, Kristen Welker, deactivated her Twitter account. We don't know what she hid or what she was deleting. She was cleaning up shop. If you were if you were to ask me, we can see the machine. We can see the puppet strings. We can see the game they're playing. Now, I ask you. Do you want to live in your giant plastic bubble? Maybe you do. Or do you want to st step outside and breathe some, breathe some fresh air figuratively? Challenge the system. Trump's got a lot of problems, man. Anybody who tries denying it and, and playing sycophant for Trump, I'm more than happy to argue. I'm more than happy to because Trump is not great. He's kind of OK. That's how I put it. 
but he's way better than Biden. And on the key issues that I care about, economy, foreign policy, I'm happy. And critical race theory, I'm happy with it. So I'll take what I can get. But more importantly, I don't want to live in the plastic bubble, man. I just want to be left alone, right? I guess we can only, uh, uh, as I always say, see how this will all play out. But I got really good news for Donald Trump in the next segment. Uh, his, his poll, uh, Joe Biden's got getting hurt by these emails. So stick around. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. It is my main channel. It's a different channel from this one. And I will see you all there. Joe Biden lied about getting endorsed by the Boilermakers Union. They actually endorsed Donald Trump. Let me repeat that. The Boilermakers Union endorsed Donald Trump, one of the largest chapter, not the full union. And Biden said in his town hall, they endorsed him. The union is furious. Apparently, a bunch of union members started calling up their their like uh, union leaders being like, what are you talking about? We endorsed Biden. What? And they were like, no, we didn't. We don't know what Biden's talking about. Biden lied. Why would any union endorse Joe Biden? He's backed by Wall Street. He is the candidate of the millionaires and the billionaires, including millionaire Bernie Sanders. I'm not going to vote for the millionaires and the billionaires. <laughs> I'm going to vote for a literal billionaire, though. Uh, Donald Trump is being backed by small donors. He himself is a billionaire who's losing money on his campaign. And ultimately, and I don't really think that matters all that much. You know, I say Trump's losing money. And I'm like, ah, you know, look, are his ideas good? Well, apparently Trump's ideas are good enough for union workers in Pennsylvania. Check this story out. Pro-Trump union blasts Biden for lying about endorsement. They say from the Free Beacon, a top official at one of Pennsylvania's most powerful labor groups slammed Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden for falsely boasting of the union's endorsement. Sean Steffi, a trustee with Boilermakers Local 154, said that his members were shocked to hear the Democratic nominee claimed their support on national television. While Biden claimed to have sat down with union, union, union leaders to have an in-depth discussion about his plans, Steffi said the Biden campaign never approached his membership. Biden's criticism to fracking led local 154, the largest local chapter of Boilermakers in the country, to endorse President Trump. We had a moment of disbelief when our members started blowing up our blowing our phone up because they said we flip flopped on our endorsement. Steffi told the Washington Free Beacon, nobody from his staff, nobody has ever spoken with us. So I don't know where he's come, where he's coming up with that. Not only did Biden lie about their endorsement, he claimed they sat down with union leaders. Straight up lie, Biden. Nah. When ABC Town Hall moderator George Stephanopoulos brought up that some Boilermaker union members do not trust Biden's claim that he supports the fracking industry, the Democrat responded that the Boilermaker union overwhelmingly endorsed me. The union's national headquarters has not endorsed any candidates in the 2020 race, while local 154 endorsed Trump in September. Biden has consistently equivocated on the issue of fracking. When asked whether fracking and other fossil fuel industries will have a place in the Biden administration, the former vice president has said he would make sure it's eliminated and oppose subsidies for the industry. The nominee has since adjusted his position to only oppose new fracking licenses on federal land. Kamala Harris, the Democratic vice presidential nominee, also said, there's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking before she joined Biden's ticket. The Biden campaign did not respond to a request for comment. I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Biden or Harris want to ban fracking. I don't. I think they were lying about frack, uh, about banning fracking to get the progressive vote in the primary. 
And I think they're both a crony corporate say whatever they got to say to make money. Nobody's going to walk away from all that sweet, sweet fracking green. Now, that's that's money right there. They're not going to ban it. Though, I'll tell you what, a good reason not to vote for them is that they're liars. Steffi said that Biden's equivocation on fracking pushed the union, which represents the Pittsburgh area, to support Trump. I can only imagine that's going to mean Sean Parnell wins the congressional seat. Biden said, I will do away with fracking then. It was it was just fracking on federal land. So I don't know what his story is, he said. But I do know President Donald Trump has embraced our energy independence and wants to grow the infrastructure on energy. And the boilermakers absolutely want to be a part of it. Fracking has emerged to be a key campaign issue in the battleground states that rely on on the shale industry. Michigan and Ohio together have more than 400,000 workers in the shale industry. Well, Pennsylvania alone has 320,000 workers. Trump has has leaned into his consistent support for the fracking and natural gas industry during the campaign season, repeatedly saying that Biden wants to ban fracking. The national headquarters of the Boilermakers Union did not respond to a request for comment. Now, you see stories like this where you know Joe Biden's full of it. We get these guys coming out and up saying we did not endorse him. And what would happen were it not for independent media? Do you think CNN is going to cover this? No. Brian Selter recently said that Donald Trump is dominating the airwaves. He tweeted this just recently, and he said it reminds him of the old saying that a plane crash gets the ratings or something like that. And he said, but no one ever talks about the planes that land safely. That's a really good point. When something bad happens to Joe Biden, nobody cares. When something bad happens to Trump, they run full speed. Now, as we enter this wave of censorship, this is when you start to realize why it's important we have an alternative media space, which is why I always say subscribe to this channel, share these videos, do whatever you can. This channel is blacklisted. No joke. This channel you're watching right now, blacklisted on Google. You cannot Google search it. You, you can't. You'll find other channels. You'll find, you'll find playlists. You won't find this. That's why it's important. Because let me show you something. Twitter removes misleading tweet from top Trump COVID advisor, Dr. Scott Atlas, that said masks don't work. Dr. Scott Atlas is a government official giving advice on COVID. And he got, he got, I think he actually got banned on Twitter. So it's not this one, but they, they removed the tweet from him and actually suspended his account. So people were actually quite shocked to see a government official getting, let, let me read you the story. Twitter has removed a misleading tweet from Dr. Scott Atlas. Doctor, a government doctor told us what we should or shouldn't do and Twitter removed it. They're going to get you killed. That's the world where social media manipulates. Now, I want you to show that story to people who support Biden. Why do you lie about being supported by the unions? More importantly, it's an issue of can we get the truth? And if we didn't have independent media, probably not. It would be restricted. And when you have this is Twitter, look, this is this, this to me is, is crazy. Atlas, who has been on the coronavirus task force since the pandemic began in the U.S., then use examples of areas where he said cases exploded even with mandates. Atlas included the following locations in the tweet. L.A., Miami, Hawaii, Alabama, France, Philippines, U.K., Spain, Israel. Masks and facial coverings are used to prevent people who have the virus from infecting others. I don't know what to say. I'll tell you right now. What do I say? Uh, if I ignore the government advisor on COVID on the task force, will I get banned? If I post what he says, will I get banned? I honestly have no idea. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I I can't give you any real advice on this anymore. 
The media is fundamentally broken. The censorship has become a very, very serious problem. And if channels like mine and others are removed, you won't get to learn about the lies coming from the establishment. So what do we do, man? I don't know. I don't want to do a whole thing. I wasn't like you know, starting this up so we could do a whole thing on you know COVID or anything like that. I just think the censorship is actually terrifying, considering I just had to call out a Biden lie. They say Twitter subsequently removed the tweet, but Atlas followed up with a response saying, that means the right policy is real Donald Trump guideline. Use masks for their intended purpose when close to others, especially high risk. Otherwise, social distance. A Twitter spokesperson told CNN that the tweet was removed because it violated the company's COVID-19 misleading information policy. Twitter said that Atlas violated the policy that prohibits users from sharing false or misleading content related to the pandemic that could lead to harm. In recent weeks, several states have shown an increase of COVID-19 infections. If the government, the president, can't give the country accurate advice because it will be censored, I think we know who's actually in charge of, uh, of this country, huh? Twitter is rigging the game. Twitter is, is manipulating people and they're lying and, and they're helping Joe Biden. It's really, really that simple, man. At- Atlas noted a document from the World Health Organization that reads, quote, the widespread use of masks by healthy people in the community setting is not yet supported by high quality or direct scientific evidence. And there are potential benefits and harms to consider. The World Health Organization said that. So White House advisor said it. Twitter took him down. The only explanation is that Twitter and Facebook are doing everything in their power to help Joe Biden win. His remarks come after a month after NBC News reported, reportedly overheard CDC Director Robert Redfield suggesting in a conversation with a colleague that Atlas is arming Trump with misleading data about masks and other issues. Everything he says is false, Redfield said during a phone call made in public on a commercial airline. According to NBC, please, they're leaking Trump's private information. Atlas, a neurologist, is not an expert on infectious disease. I, 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 I don't care. They say Biden supporters have also questioned the authenticity of the emails, yada, yada, and the censorship. So we know what's going on. I, I'm, I, I feel like we're in very serious trouble. And I'm not confident that Trump and the Republicans are going to do anything about it. And I mean it. The Republicans had an opportunity in 2016. I know there are a bunch of rhinos blocking Trump. They have an opportunity if they win. But there's so much they have to do to shut down the lies, the manipulation, and big tech's manipulation. The game may already be lost. That's the sad reality. I'm not trying to be pessimistic, okay? Just, just hear me out. If Trump loses, he will lose because Biden is allowed to lie and his own advisors can't put out statements from the World Health Organization. They are cheating, hands down. And I'm likely going to get banned soon anyway. My, like I said, my channels are blacklisted I'm on Google. They're not on Google. If Trump loses, this is the last chance to prevent the authoritarian takeover of the big tech oligopoly. I don't, I don't know how else to put it, but when you see Biden getting protected in every possible way and lying about, about the stuff, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? But maybe the, maybe the people of this country are going to stand up and maybe it's too late for them. That could be the advantage that maybe the mainstream media lost its power already. I guess we'll see. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. In a tweet. From the Trump war room, they are saying that Gretchen Whitmer, the Democratic governor, called for the president to have, I'll be very delicate, have his life taken from him. Okay, let me slow down here and break this down. In an interview on Meet the Press, Gretchen Whitmer, the Democratic governor, had a a sign or sticker or something that says 8645. 
For those of you who are familiar, 86 means to get rid of something. 80, you know, you, you go to a restaurant, they'll be like, yo, 86, the pickles on table seven or whatever. It means no more, get rid of it. Now, what they're suggesting is that it means kill. And they are, they, they show an image. Well, actually, let me, let me show you. So Gretchen Whitmer did have 8645. It is essentially just saying, get rid of Trump. Sure. There could be some more questionable meanings here. And I want to show you what 86 means. I want to show you what they claim. And I'm going to say straight out, I don't think she was calling for the president to lose his life. Let's be real here. She was calling for him to be voted out and removed. Not that I like the lady. I don't at all. But I believe this lady should be voted out so she can live her life peacefully as a crazy wine mom or something. And she, she, don't, won't, she won't bother anybody anymore. They said Governor Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer displayed an 8645 sign during her TV appearance. 86 can be shorthand for killing someone. That's true. It can. Whitmer is encouraging assassination attempts against President Trump just weeks after someone sent a rice and laced package to the White House. And then they then post these two images. 86 on Wikipedia says that it's American slang for canceling something, killing someone, get rid of something by burying it, ejecting someone or refusing service. 86, according to Urban Dictionary, says to get rid of originally for killing someone. The phrase 80 miles out and six feet under was reserved for someone who had to dig their own grave 80 miles from civilization and then get shot execution style. All terms for 86 originate from this, be it alcohol or eliminating. It's supposed that Jimmy Hoffa was 86 under the end zone of the Giants stadium. Sure, I don't. First, first of all, the history of the phrase 86, according to Wikipedia, it's actually really cool. And we can talk about a prohibition, a pro, a prohibition era. And I don't think just just right off the bat. Come on. We can all chill out a little bit. Gretchen Whitmer is awful, but we don't need any of this kind of, you know, bombastic absurdities. But I will I will point out something quite hilarious. Kyle Griffin of uh, MSNBC's The Last Word tweets, this is a ludicrous and dangerous lie. Stop, Kyle. (laughs) You post BS lies all the time. You're the last person who should be talking. Well, here's 86 on Wikipedia. They say it's uh, they've removed (laughs) removed killing someone. Hold on. Let's do this. Let's go to view history. So it looks like it was edited today. Trimmed pop culture second. Look at this. They're actively changing the Wikipedia page for 86. So let's go back in time. Let's look at the. All right. Hold on. Let me show you the article and what it means as of today when changes have been made because of Trump. And then I can show you what, what it actually said before. They say the meaning 86 is a slang term used as a transitive verb in the food service industry to get rid of something, kind of like nix, colloquial German for nothing, related to nix, which means nothing in the Dutch language. The term is part of restaurant slang heard among restaurant workers in the 30s, where 86 meant we're all out of it. Walter Winchell published examples of similar restaurant slang in his newspaper column in 1933, which he presented as part of a glossary of a soda, a glossary of soda fountain lingo. It's actually really cool. They say the most likely origin is derived from IEEE ANSI device numbers in electrical power schematics before World War II. 86 represents a lockout device. Several other possible origins of the term 86 have been suggested, all dated before the 1950s. This one's cool. 86 Bedford Street. Author Jeff Klein theorizes the bar Chumley's at 86 Bedford Street in the West Village of Lower Manhattan was the source. In his 2006 book, 
He claims that police would call Chumley's bar during prohibition before making a raid and tell the bartender to 86 his customers, meaning they should exit out the 86 Bedford Street door while the police would come to the Pamela Court entrance. So 86 the customers open the door to 86 Street. That's cool, right? 1944, they said it was a refused, uh, you know, refused service. Don't serve him, whatever. And there's other examples. I think that's really cool that it might come from prohibition, but I want to show you how the political game is played. All right, check it out. We go to view history and we can see that today changes have already been made. So I noticed this over at the Trump war room. They show an image from Wikipedia that says killing someone being highlighted. Well, hold on. When I go to Wikipedia, it's not there. It doesn't say killing someone. It just says canceling, getting rid of, ejecting, or refusing surface. So where did killing someone go? Let's do this. On October 10th, someone made a change to the page. Let's see a preview of what that change was. The, the revision as of 1.29 p.m., the 10th of October, it said slang for canceling something, killing someone, getting rid of someone or burying it. There you go. They mention a way more uh, things in popular culture. In the film Fury, starring Brad Pitt, uses the term after a tank battle. Pitt's characters take his hit and the radio is fried. The radio is 8060, he has heard saying. 8645 is a movement dedicated to removing from office the 45th president, Donald Trump. This was removed as well. They say there's Green Day, there's Tom Waits, Eggs and Sausage. Okay, this was the 10th. Let's go back to the history of the article. And at uh, 1852, was this universal time, I guess, because I'm not recording it that late. So check this out. We click preview on the 18th, fixed a typo. It says killing someone was removed and they claimed it was fixing a typo. I kid you not. Check that out. Here's what it says. On 18 October, fixed typo is what they did when they described it. Instead, what you see is that the phrase killing someone was removed. Now, that is where things start getting, I don't know, Stalinist, creepy, creepy to say the least. I, 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 I'm, I'm at a loss for words for this. Look at this. They lied about what, why they changed it, and they removed killing someone. And it's probably because today at 159, they tweeted 8645 was on Gretchen Whitmer's desk in an interview. It really did mean killing someone. And Wikipedia was changed because of it. Removed recently added unsourced claim. Check this out. Let's click this preview. 8645 is a movement dedicated to removing from office the 45th president. Also removed. Isn't it amazing how Wikipedia functions? It was changed because it looked bad for a Democrat. Isn't that absolutely nuts. Killing someone got added back. And now there is an edit war on Wikipedia because Gretchen Whitmer said 8645. And it can mean killing someone. Now, I don't know when they added killing someone, but on, on let's, 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 jump, let's go way back. Let's go to the 17th of July. On the 17th of July, it says killing someone. It was there the whole time. I'm gonna stop. I do not believe that Gretchen Whitmer is calling for Trump to be killed. I think everybody needs to chill out a little bit. We do not want tensions escalating as much as I think Kyle Griffin is kind of like a duplicitous grifter. 
you know, even though I don't like the word, I agree with him that at least we should we should stop and tone things down. But I, I wonder how far I can go back. Let's go back to the 10th of February. And the 10th of February, it doesn't say killing someone. So at some point, they added killing someone. I think it does mean killing someone. So it's probably around uh, July, it looks like they added the phrase. But all that really matters is that today, they got rid of it. Because it makes Democrats look bad. This is how the media game is played. It's how big tech is functioning. And I remember when we saw on uh, uh, Reddit, the CEO was saying that he could swing an election. You think Wikipedia can't as well? We are in probably the worst, the, the, the worst time ever for recorded history. And I'll tell you why. There was a period where encyclopedias were hard written. Somebody would research, they would write an encyclopedia, and they would sell that encyclopedia. That existed. That information was there. There would be updates. You would get the new yearly edition. I remember when I was little, we had Britannica and we had, I think, Funk and Wagnalls. I think I'm getting the name right. And it was like A through Z, all the dictionaries. And you needed to, you know, hard look things up. Today, they revise it in real time for political benefit. That to me is probably the scariest thing about this. Again, Gretchen Whitmer is not calling for the president to be killed. She's just standing against him, She's standing in opposition to who he is. And I get it. I'm not surprised by it. But I can tell you, the Stalinist Wikipedia editors, now that is freaky stuff. Now think about what happens in the mainstream media. The craziest thing about this is that there's no sourcing. They're all fighting. But in media, the same thing happens on a very a much more terrifying scale. There will be a news story that like, like hydroxychloroquine is a really good example. TechCrunch put out a, a story saying there was a study being done. It was, it was, it was positive. Trump repeats it. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, no, it's wrong. It's not true. So Trump sees something in the news, repeats it, and then they change it in real time. That's why there's no shared reality. Those of us that have memories remember what they said. It says right here, 86 could be killing someone. Now it's removed from Wikipedia because it makes a Democrat look bad. That's the name of the game. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. The police have a very serious message for presidential candidate Joseph Biden. Please stop telling people to shoot other people in the leg. I love it. Joe Biden has no idea what he's talking about. And he said this more than once. Oh, you know, come on, man. The cops should shoot him in the leg, not shoot him in the, in the, in to kill. That's a really bad idea. And shooting someone in the leg can still kill them. I get the sentiment. And to be fair, I'm, I'm not, I'm not playing any games. I said the same thing. I think it was a year or two ago. I was like, the cops don't need to just shoot and kill somebody. They could, you know, shoot to wound. And then all these people say, you don't do that. And here's why. We've been through this. We have laws for this. We have training for this. You only shoot to kill. If you're not intending to kill, you don't shoot. So the idea that Joe Biden is trying to expand the use cases for lethal force is alarming. <laughs> no, you shoot when someone is threatening your life and you need to stop them, period. And there's a viral video. So when, when Joe Biden said this, People put it next to this video where a guy has got a knife and he's running at a cop and the cop shoots him in the in the body several times. And the guy gets back up, grabs a cop by the arm around his neck, and then the other cop puts a bullet in his head. That's the reality. So I think, you know, early on, I said this and I was quickly educated. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you really shouldn't just aim for people's legs. You don't shoot unless you have to. And there's a, there's a bunch of other things, you know, sometimes people miss and stuff like that. 
But the police are now ripping Biden's repeated advice to shoot suspects in the leg. They reject this incredibly ignorant suggestion. Here's what I say. People whose only experience with guns comes from action movies should not be proposing legislation. Law enforcement groups blasted Vice President Joe Biden for again suggesting training police to shoot suspects in the leg is a <laughs> is a viable way to avoid fatalities, decrying the proposal as dangerous and ignorant. During an ABC News town hall Thursday, Biden gave the shooting advice while talking about broader police reforms, which have been in the public conscience since the killing of George Floyd sparked nationwide racial unrest. Quote, there's a lot of things we've learned and it takes time, but we can do this. You can ban chokeholds. You have to teach people how to de-escalate circumstances. Instead of anybody coming at you and the first thing you do is shoot to kill, you shoot him in the leg. You shoot him in the leg, but you don't choke him. <laughs> I love this timeline. Do you know what a chokehold does? I think I, I think I was wrong about this one too, and I had people correct me. A chokehold is an option a cop could use before shooting someone. When you put someone in a chokehold, you're not cutting off their air. You're cutting off blood flow to the brain, which makes them pass out, become passive and easily restrained. If you've got someone who is on a murderous rampage and you have the ability to use a chokehold, it's a good thing. The issue is not chokeholds. The issue is, is, is in which the, is the circumstances in which chokeholds were being applied. Now he's saying ban chokeholds. Okay, you got a guy who's running around punching people in the face. What do you do? Well, you've taken away their ability to use chokeholds. So now what do they resort to? Their gun. Shoot to kill. Now you're saying shoot him in the leg. So you've gotten rid of chokeholds and replaced it with shoot them. Talk about stupidity. Police officers and law enforcement groups pounced on the suggestion that officers would train to shoot someone in the leg rather than center mass, the largest part of the body that has long been the, the firearms uh, training target. You know why? Imagine you're, 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 in a, you're in a public place and a guy's coming at you. Center mass is probably the, the most likely you're going to hit. The legs are moving. The arms are moving. But center mass is kind of in the same place, unless they're like, you know, running serpentine or whatever. The cop says, I know Joe Biden says she's in the leg. So he aims down, fires, bullet ricochets, hit an old lady. Boom. She goes down. No, aim center mass. And don't shoot unless you intend to destroy. Detectives in Dominant Association tweeted, former VP Joe Biden's suggestion that cops should shoot someone in the leg if they're coming at them is insulting and demonstrates his incompetence and inability to understand the grave dangers cops face as they protect the public and themselves from violent, heartless criminals. John Evans, president of the Buffalo Police Benevolent Association, told Fox News that Biden's suggestion is absolutely ridiculous and incredibly ignorant. The guy's clueless, Evan said. And I know he's just trying to appease his left wing base, but it's real. But but it's a really foolish statement. Joe Gam uh, Gamaldi, vice president of the National Fraternal Order of P Police, dismissed Biden's suggestion as completely ridiculous, unrealistic and a pandering talking point. Shootings are dynamic situations and we shoot to stop the threat, he told Fox News. It's incredibly difficult to hit a moving target. The Fraternal Order of Police has endorsed President Trump. Police are trained to aim at center mass because it's the largest target, whereas aiming at a leg would be much more difficult because it's a smaller and moving target. By aiming at legs, we are much more likely to miss, and we already only hit roughly 50% of the time. Gamaldi recalled a shooting he was involved in about 14 years ago. Between being terrified I was going to die, someone shooting at me, and then I need to aim at their legs is not realistic. Not only that, 
It doesn't stop the threat. If somebody has a gun, so you shoot them in the legs and they fall down, they still have a gun. You shoot them in the chest. They are no longer a threat if they are no longer alive. That's the horrifying reality of what it's like when someone's trying to kill you. Now, we've talked about, you know, in our society, various ways police could disable somebody without killing them. A good example would be a chokehold. Okay, chokehold's not a good option if someone's firing at you without range. But don't we want to subdue a person with the, the lower likelihood of, of, of death? This story is the perfect example of how the left can never be satisfied because of relative perception. If you come from a society where everyone's getting shot all the time and then find out here in the U.S. we use chokeholds, you're going to be like, that's so much better because people are getting shot all the time. What happens now with the left? We stop shooting people. We start doing chokeholds. Then they say, you don't need to do chokeholds. You're killing people. Okay, but less people are dying because we're not shooting them anymore. You understand? They ban chokeholds. Then Joe Biden says, shoot him in the leg. Now more people are going to die. They don't get it. It's like the banning fossil fuels thing. They're like, ban the fossil fuels now or the world will end. And people are going to (laughs) die like millions. There you go. They say law enforcement officials interviewed by Fox also say it's a fallacy that shooting someone in the leg could be less lethal, especially if a bullet hits the large femoral artery in their thigh. But officers fear the consequences if they miss the leg completely and the bullet goes astray or if their leg shot doesn't slow down the suspect. He has a chance to harm the officer or a citizen. Go watch Mythbusters. They did this episode where, you know, you know Mythbusters, you got the, the two guys and they did one. What, who would win in a, in a gunfight or a knife fight? And they found, I think, 21 feet, I think it is, is where the knife always wins. Always. The amount of time it takes for, a, for an out of shape individual like these Mythbuster guys to close 21 feet is, is shorter than it is to draw the weapon and fire it, let alone fire accurately. So what they did was they had, a, they had a foam knife with a sensor on it. And the goal was to run and make contact with the person who has the gun. The gun had a laser that would declare contact. Within 21 feet, the dude with the foam, the sensor blade could make contact in the face, in the neck, wherever, with the guy going for his gun before he could even draw it and get a shot off. That's crazy. And that's, I think it was, uh, the, the, the episode was like, who would, like, should you bring a knife to a gunfight? We often hear, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. But I tell you what, man, cops probably have more to worry about from knives than they do guns in most circumstances. You know why? In a car, if they pull you over, probably a gun because their mobility is limited. But if a cop's out in the street, yeah, a gun can be a problem, but it's, it's, you know, like you're, you're in a, you're in a tight space. A knife is whack. You know, watch these videos, man. I watched a video of a police training and they explain why there is no fighting, fighting not people with knives. There was this one thing where they did where they were like, how to win a knife fight. Let's say you have a knife and your opponent has a knife. And the number one thing they said was, don't try to cut the other person's body. When they swing the knife, you step away so that there's no way the, the, the knife can get close to you and you cut their hand. That's how, that's how, that's how they defend, you defend against this. What they explained was, if you have a firearm and the person has a knife and they do a demonstration where I think they got off like 15 thrusts of the blade before the person who was being pummeled could even draw the gun. And by then you're probably already dying. These people don't get it. They don't. 
They, they talk about how in like movies, you'll see the guy grab the knife hand and flip the person over. Nah, never going to happen. You can't do it. You got to run. These cops know this and they know they can't just shoot you in the leg. And there's something else the left doesn't understand. If you see a guy walking around with a, with a baseball bat and he's violent, he's threatening people and he's swinging things. And the cop says, they say, why don't you just walk away, man, instead of killing him? Okay. Imagine this. The cop sees a guy with a baseball bat and he's screaming, I'm going to kill you. Ah. The cop says, you know what? I'm going to walk away to avoid a potentially lethal conflict. He turns around and walks away. And the guy with the baseball bat is running around swinging. And he sees an old lady and he cracks over the head and she dies. And then they say, why didn't you stop him? The cop could have stopped him. I think about like what happened in Parkland when the cop ran off. I know Parkland was very, very different. But there are a lot of cops who probably don't want to shoot people. And they get yelled at for not doing it. Joe Biden has no idea what he's talking about. This story is a really good example of how the left doesn't actually care to investigate, ask questions, and figure out what the right way to do something is. And so you know what? When someone like Joe Biden gets in office, you think he's really going to enact any kind of policy? Here's my police reform. Cops shoot people in legs. Never going to happen. It's ridiculous. Well, that's some good advice for Joe, I suppose. But I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.